Back home, parents weekend, BC, and a winless UVA. Doesn't get much more must-win than this for BC. Can they pull it off, or are we in for another disappointment in Chestnut Hill? You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome, happy Friday, everyone. This is Locked on BC. If you're listening on YouTube, it's Thursday, and thank you for joining us live. With me today, I got staff writer at Eagle Insider, Mitchell T. Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Doing good. Excited to talk about this game, as it's one that I think BC has a very good chance of winning for once. Don't jinx anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just said I think, and I've been very wrong before, multiple times this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even want people to go back and look at our NIU predictions because mm-hmm. that, that was ugly. But we're looking at, at two teams, a combined one and seven on the season. Definitely two of the lower teams in the ACC, but one team's going to have to go out and win this thing. We're going to do this our usual Friday format. Mitch and I are going to go over what BC has to, what BC wins this game if they do what. UVA wins if what happens. Predictions and then our three FanDuel picks of the week. Um, and we'll get into that in our final segment. So, Mitch, let's kick this off. What does BC have to do? What they what, what will ha- let me try that again? BC wins this game if what happens? Uh, they need to run the ball, and you mentioned that it's going to be a rainy game. Uh, I think that that is good for BC because Virginia Virginia's run defense is one of the worst in the nation, and you know BC's run defense is obviously you know not the 85 bears or anything, but if you look at UVA's run defense statistics, they are 111th in rushing yards allowed per game. They are 126th in rushing EPA per play, and they allow a 51.7% rushing success rate, which is 129th in the country. Additionally, according to PFF as a unit, they are dead last in run defense at 51.2. They're 133rd. And BC has been able to run the ball pretty effectively so far this season. Obviously, the game got out of hand quickly against Louisville, but they've been able to run the ball against other opponents pretty well. Uh, They average 0.19 rushing EPA per play, which is 12th, and they have a rushing success rate of 45.9%, which is 34th in the country. So BC is able to run the ball. That's not really in question. And if they can lean on their running backs, you know, Kai Robichaud, Jeff Halfley said he's a little nicked up uh, from – the Florida State game, but he's back and healthy. And he also said Pat Garwin, Alex Broom are finally healthy. So, you know, BC's got three good running backs they can lean on who all bring different kinds of skill sets. And then and that's not even considering Thomas Castellanos, who is a great runner. And tr- through the first few weeks of the season, Virginia has struggled against running quarterbacks in Brennan Armstrong, Jordan McLeod at um, God, James Madison and Joe, even Joe Milton at Tennessee. So, there and there are, and as uh, early in the week, the podcast uh, woman from uh, 247 247 Yahoo's or whatever it is, um, she mentioned that Virginia is really banged up on defense, especially in the linebacker room, and they're missing their best defensive end, Cam Butler. So I see no reason why BC shouldn't be able to run the ball, control the clock, and give their defense plenty of rest in this game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, I, I kind of get why UVA is going back to Tony Musket in that they don't really respect BC's passing defense. And frankly, why, why should you? Um, so they're going to go with a quarterback who can keep the, 
you know, keep the car between the lines and is going to, you know, run the offense effectively and not make, make a ton of mistakes that'll take them out of the game as opposed to Anthony Calandria, who, man, I mean, he's really fun to watch just because he has thrown that big skin all over the place. Um, there's a statistic from the Sickos committee on Twitter that they came up with called Detmer, which is downfield eventful throwing metric, encouraging ripping it. So essentially how much of a YOLO ball quarterback are you? And I believe when I looked up, I, I like ran the statistic myself and Calandria is eighth in the country in Detmer. So he is, you know, he was just throwing the ball everywhere and, you know, kind of being risky with it. And he kind of threw them out of the games against uh, Maryland and even NC state where they almost won. But, you know, Musket is a former FCS all American, but he doesn't really run much if at well, or he doesn't run much or well, and he's pretty accurate in short areas of the field, but he doesn't really have a big arm. So, you know, in the rain, that's going to be helpful for BC in terms of their defense. And obviously, Virginia's offensive line is an absolute dumpster fire, kind of like BC's line last year. So if they can finally get some pressure on the quarterback, force either force either force Musket to make risky throws or they bring Calandria, uh, you know, because he can actually throw them back into this game. I think that's how BC wins it by um, kind of using the weather to their advantage, honestly. And I had texted you earlier, uh, given – um, one of the stats I saw was that UVA runs, I think they average two yards a carry, if I remember correctly, if the number I yeah, saw. Yeah, they are, um, let me see. Well, oh, that's their, oh, in terms of them rushing. Uh, I don't well, know that's, I don't know that stat off the top of my head, but yeah, I know that they're two main running backs. Well, they have three running backs they use. They average 2.17 uh, yards per carry. Yeah, and that's obviously includes sacks, and they've had a lot of those, but, yeah. you know, the two, First running backs, uh, Paris Jones and Kobe Pace, they average three and a half, three point four yards a carry. And Mike Collins, the other running back who has the most carries, he averages only one point eight yards per carry. So, you know, this offensive line doesn't particularly block well, and the running backs don't really have enough to create on their own. And so, now that they've removed so, Anthony Calandria from the equation as who's a quarterback who can run a little more, I just think that makes their offense even less dynamic. So I was saying, I said to Mitch, did, did defense, does BC's defense take the approach that every team took against BC last year? You're playing as a team that has no offensive line that can't run the ball. Do you just tee off on the passing, uh, the passing attack? And what was your thoughts on that, Mitch? I definitely think you do because, uh, you know, again, I think BC's offensive line or defensive line, you know, for all their problems. And I think that the defensive line has actually done a decent job in run defense. Uh, it's kind of more on the second level players that have been allowing the explosive plays. Uh, Cam Horsley's having a pretty good season and uh, Virginia's interior offensive line is not very good and they're a little undersized. So I think that he can win that matchup easily. And then like you mentioned earlier in an episode earlier this week, you know, this is a game where Donovan Ezeraki should really be able to finally be unleashed because I know Virginia is going to, you know, try to double him, hit him with chips and everything, but the Virginia right tackle, Ugana Nanana, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, he is basically he's, he is performing a lot worse than any of BC's offensive line was last year. I looked it up. His so his PFF passing grade is twenty four point nine, which is eighth in the country among FBS offensive tackles who have played, I think, at least one hundred snaps. Um, and then I looked at Nick Thomas last year for BC, and his grade was I think forty seven point nine or something. So essentially double what. <laughs> Nanana has been doing and Nanana's had, he's allowed a ton of sacks. He's had committed some penalties. So, you know, I think Ezraku can dominate that matchup, even if he is getting chipped, even if he's getting chipped, but it also helps that this quarterback is not one who's going to be able to move around enough to evade these pass rushers. So 
they don't really have to worry about using what Halfley calls cage rush, where they, you know, slow it down and just try to slowly condense the pocket and not let the quarterback escape. They don't need to worry about that this week. So they could just go after the quarterback and even not really worry about the run game. Because again, you know, I think they've hit a few explosives here and there with Paris Jones, who's a very, he's a much smaller back who has some good speed, but Again, I think BC's defensive line can perform well enough. It's kind of just not then on the linebackers to make enough plays to prevent explosives from happening. All right. Now, what is you? What happens uh, if UVA wins this game? If what happens? I think you have to have you know some of BC's boogeymen show up again. You have to you know if BC tries throwing the ball, if they have a ton of drops again. And I, I think I told you this that Castellanos has suffered the most drops of any quarterback in the FBS and the third most of any quarterback in NCAA college football. And it's third most because the first two guys are tied with 16. Castellanos has 15. So that's been a huge problem. If the penalty issues pop up again, and you know, I, I know there were some very badly timed penalties against Louisville, but I think BC only committed seven for 60, which I was, I said going into that week, I was like, if they can do that, I'm not going to be upset. Cause you know, that that's a decently average number of penalties. So if drops are a problem, if penalties are a problem, if, you know, I think those are realistic things that happen. Um, if, if the defense the past, can't get off the field. <laughs> yeah, if the pass defense, you know, if the guys, you know, they're, uh, you know, just, you know, missing up, messing up their assignments. Uh, if, you know, again, I don't, I don't really think Musket can hit those deep passes. And additionally, I think, I think you talked about this with uh, Jacqueline, that, you know, Virginia really only uses two receivers. Uh, they have Mark, uh, Malik Washington and Malachi Fields. They have... Uh, 69.4% of the team's targets and the same number of receptions. So Washington has 41 fields has 38. The next closest guy has six targets. So they're really the only two things that that's going well for this offense. So BC needs to find ways to double team those receivers. Um, but in terms of if they are winning those matchups, if Malik Washington is creating after the catch, if Malachi fields is posting up and winning those contested catches, and that allows them to keep the offense moving. Um, that's how Virginia's offense can maybe score some points. And on the other side of the ball, I, again, I think it would have to be all be self-inflicted wounds because, you know, looking at Virginia's defense, especially with the injuries and the players they're missing and how much rotation they're going to have to do with a lot younger players. I, I think that BC is really biggest obstacles themselves rather than Virginia's defense, because the Virginia defense has just been really, really bad so far this season. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to give our predictions. Uh, you're not going to want to hear it. You're going to want to hear this is I think both of us are going to go in a little different direction. So I want to tell you about Nutrafol. Now, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health mm -hmm. approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. So it supports healthy hair growth by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and met metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. 
and it is time to start giving out our predictions. And I, I think one of us has a spicier take than the other. So I'm going to go first and I'm going to save the spicy take for Mitch for a second. I have been bit over and over since I've, I've, I've had this podcast. We're going on three years now. And BC has bit me all seemingly nonstop whenever I feel confident that BC is going to win this game comfortably. Under Jeff Halfley, he is, other than maybe the Colgate game, and I, there might be another one, maybe Georgia Tech in 2020, it feels like BC has never put away a team. They're always battling with them. It's always back and forth. And given what I've seen this year between the drops, the penalties, the defensive issues, God knows what else is going to show up in this game. Weather, maybe they have fumble problems. Who knows? They haven't had it yet, but who knows? I think this game is going to be closer than people expect. I'm still confident that BC has more explosive players than UVA. I think that Thomas Castellanos really is the difference maker in this game because I think he's the best player on the two teams, and he's the difference maker. So I'm going to have the defense struggling. I'm going to say that UVA is going to have their way. They're going to be able to move the ball effectively, but I'm going to think it's a high-scoring game. I'm going to go something like 35-31 Boston College, and I think that makes them covering, which I didn't think I was going to go that route, but 35-31 BC. So like you said, I'll go a little spicier. Uh, Based on everything I've seen watching Virginia, and I watched their first four games, and I actually had access to the All-22 for their defense against Tennessee, which was interesting. They have gotten a lot better since week one. They have gotten better every week, I would argue. They are still a really bad team. They just do not have the talent at multiple positions on both sides of the ball, especially the offensive line, and now that they're really banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Um, The other issue for me is that Castellanos is getting better every week. Uh, Like we said, he had one of the best games among any offensive player in the Halfley era and, frankly, just any player on either side of the ball. He was awesome against Louisville, just had the drops issue. If he could, and he's gotten better every week as well. If he continues that, this is the worst defense he's played all year. Uh, maybe, you know, kind of, I would say it's comparable to Holy Cross. Um, he should be able to take advantage of this for a big game, even with the weather. Like, even if they have to kind of, you know, let the passing game take a back seat and it's more on the run game, both for him and the running backs. But, you know, this team is coming off a game where they got embarrassed by Louisville. And I think, you know, maybe they were riding a little high coming off Florida State, like, hey, like we finally figured something out. Uh, you know, we can come into this game and do well. And, you know, like we talked about, some things kind of got out of hand quickly and it really turned against them. And they had guys make mistakes too. So, and again, the coaching has been frustrating with kind of just how guys are not learning and, you know, uh, fixing those mistakes. So with all that being said, I think BC wins this one relatively comfortably. Um, I think the rain is helpful. Uh, that's going to limit an already pretty terrible Virginia offense. And as you discussed earlier this week, this defense is just too banged up to really frankly do anything in my opinion to BC's offense. Cause BC's offense say what you will about the defense, and the rest of the team, this offense is scoring points. Uh, they've scored at least 24 in every game and they're getting better. And, and Castle like, said this week, too. Louisville and Florida state weren't bad. Yeah, exactly. Like those are real defenses and they've been able to put points on the board. Um, and I guess you could say like one of those touchdowns was defensive against uh Florida state. So maybe throw that. So, but the point is this team is averaging like 25 plus a game. So I feel good about this offense being able to move the ball on a very terrible Virginia defense at home. I think this team knows, like, I think that's kind of the thing is I think they know that they are beating themselves. They are making mistakes and they need to 
do better. And the coaches know they need to coach better as well, but they, and you know, I know we kind of make fun of the halfway saying it's going to turn and it'll come together to be beautiful and all that. But I really do think that this is the kind of team where that can happen because this Virginia team is really bad. I would say that they are worse than BC at every position group in every matchup. So BC should be able to win this game comfortably. And again, I've something will probably happen that makes that not true. Uh, like you said, you know, fumble luck hasn't really bitten them so far this season. So we're kind of waiting on that shoe to drop, but I still think BC wins this one comfortably. I actually made the score a little close for my original prediction, but I'm going to stick with BC 38 UVA 24. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to even go bigger blow up than that. No, I think the rain actually, the rain helped the rain uh, made me cool down off BC a little bit. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I really just can't trust this defense until they show me. So you know, I'm sure that, you know, Malik Washington will have some big play where he breaks tackle and goes for a big gain. But even when I was watching this game, like a lot of these Virginia play, and obviously these are plays that got BC beaten, but they were kind of these fluky scramble plays where Calandria was just running around. And it's kind of like the Castellanos fourth down conversion against NIE where he's just running around and he flings it across the field and they make a miracle catch. Um, mm-hmm. And as we saw with Calandria, that's just not sustainable. And, you know, we've seen Castellanos improve in terms of, Hey, like I don't need to scramble and run around. I can actually make plays from the pocket. Um, so I, I think we do see this being BC's most complete game of the season. And, you know, it could end up at the end of the year being the most complete game of the season as well. So yeah, I'm going to stick with BC 38, UEA 24. All right. We'll be back in just a moment where Mitch and I are going to give our picks of the week. As we look at some fan duel lines to talk about uh, our three choices. So, Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I know Mitch has always been going with that Iowa or Iowa State over-under. Maybe you want to follow on that as well, and you can do that all on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked on BC, AJ Black, here from Eagle Insider. I'm the host and if you have not signed up for Eagle Insider, we have, I've been saying this all week, we're starting hockey, hockey coverage. I know there's a lot of puckheads out there in the BC world. We brought on BC Hockey Blogger, who's a very popular hockey um, writer. He has his season preview up, and I'm going to try to get him on the podcast, I think, in the next week or so uh, to talk about BC hockey. So prepare for that. But head over to Eagle Insider, 50% off a, a annual VIP uh, subscription. You get Mitch's game films. You get BC Hockey Blogger. You get all my recruiting news, everything in between. Uh, head over to Eagle Insider right now. Make sure you sign up for that. All right, Mitch. So what is, uh, you're always good with the, the stats. Where are we at in terms of our picks? So I'm, I've had a rough last, last week was pretty rough uh, going one and three, which brought me down to eight and eight. Um, luckily you're doing even worse. Although you've picked it up as of late uh, to make it a little better. So you are currently sitting at five, 10 and one. Thanks to Notre Dame pushing a plus three spread against Ohio state last week. Oh, I thought it was three and a half. Well, I, we, I have it in the spreadsheet is three. So I'm sorry to, tell you that <laughs> okay all right whatever all right so mitch let's get let's get to the, our three picks of the week um so obviously we both are taking bc in the points um 
what BC are your mi- BC minus three and a half, by the way. And the over under is 52 uh, and a half. It's a 52 and a half. And honestly, like I said, I think even with the rain, I would take that over because neither defense is very good. So, oh wait, 53 and a half. I thought I had it at 52. And I a looked half. it up there before we recorded. Okay. All right. So yeah, I would take the over there. Actually. Yeah. It, on FanDuel, it did move down to 52 and a half. So I would still take the over there. Um, that's a, yeah. I think neither defense is very good. So I would take the over and take BC. Um, but in terms of my first pick, um, I'm going to go USC minus 21 and a half at Colorado. And the reason why is that I know Colorado can score and I know that they're going to be They're going to, they're going to want to put Shadur Sanders up against Caleb Williams um, in terms of, Hey, so like, Hey, this kid deserves some Heisman hype too. And I know USC's defense is not very good slash doesn't care. With that being said, Colorado's defense is even worse. USC can still run the ball very well against a Colorado defense that can't stop the run to save their lives. And we've seen that the rest of the teams in the Pac-12, and I think the rest of the teams in the country, wants to take every opportunity they can to stick it to Colorado for being relatively mouthy. We saw the clip from uh, that cinematic re- uh, recap that Oregon put out where Deion's son Shiloh was talking a whole mess of crap to Oregon about being so little and then probably getting his but ran over. So I think you're going to see every team give, give uh, Colorado their best shot. You know, they're, you know, even though Colorado, you know, is not a top, you know, they're probably not a ranked team anymore. They're still building the way that this season has played out narrative wise. They are other teams are going to want to destroy them and embarrass them. So, and I think that you've got a lot of guys that you know might know each other um, from previous schools or kind of just being from the West coast. So I think USC wins even though again even though their defense is bad and i'm sh- i would not be shocked if colorado backdoors this but i think usc wins by at least 30 and they're gonna embarrass colorado sounds like a fun one i'm gonna go with the uh south's oldest rivalry uh mm-hmm. georgia and auburn i'm gonna take georgia at minus 14 uh auburn is three and one and obviously this is a big rivalry game but auburn as the saying goes ain't played anyone yet in the one game that they did play. Auburn, they play nobody, pal. Yeah. They played, <laughs> they played, let's see, UMass. They played Samford and Cal. All terrible. And teams. Cal they took them to the wire. Yep. And then they didn't do anything against Texas A&M who lost their starting quarterback uh, in the middle of the game. Uh, I don't have any faith Auburn can, to, can hang with them. I don't, you know, they, I think they just changed their quarterback. Um, I think Georgia is a machine. They're going to, you know, pie win by 21 in this one. Yeah, I would agree with this one too. I mean, I, 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 again, I don't know why, but I have a general antipathy towards Auburn. I have no reason to, I just don't like them. So yeah, that, I'll, I'll be rooting for this one along with you. My second one, and we're going back to old faithful. We're going Iowa under, and I was playing Michigan state this week. So we're on quit watch with this game because Michigan State is obviously kind of really going through right now in the in the post Mel Tucker era. You know, I think the Cover Three podcast mentioned this, but I mean, we saw that the writers' strike ended, but I think we could see the wide receiver strike start soon at Iowa because I feel like those receivers should just unionize themselves and be like, "Hey, listen, this is really dumb. We're not getting any targets because this offense is absolute garbage. Um, neither team can really score at this point. Um, Iowa's defense is decent." Uh, maybe not up to their normal standard, but it's clear that Iowa is being bad on offense kind of purpose. I think purposely just to try to stick it to the media and, you know, the contract for Brian Ferentz says 25 points a game, but they say the contract terminates when, if it, if he doesn't reach those numbers, 
that doesn't preclude Kirk Ferentz from retiring and getting his, essentially appointing his son as the next head coach for <laughs> Iowa, which I think is a, you know, I think the phrase from the community is the darkest timeline. I think that we're approaching that for Iowa football at this point. So Iowa, Michigan state under 36 and a half. Okay. My next pick is going to the ACC and it is, I am picking Syracuse plus six and a half against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Schrader has been very, very good. Um, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks, I think, in the ACC, and he's played at a level that's very high. Clemson always struggles with Syracuse, it seems like. Um, and with Syracuse pl- undefeated, I think this game is going to come down to the wire. I'm not ready to pick them straight out, but I do think um, I will I will take Syracuse to cover. Yeah, they say Clemson never never does well in the dome. Um, I just it, with Syracuse, it's hard to tell with them because they haven't. I mean, they played Army and they were they were losing the first half, and they came back and kind of put them away. But they haven't really played a lot of good teams. They're missing a Ronde Gadsden, who's was their probably their best offensive player besides Schrader. Um, and Clemson, I'm sure, is going to be very unhappy after, frankly, playing a game where they. Very well, very easily could have beaten Florida State if, if the ball bounces it slightly differently in a few different ways. Or, you know, if they have a kicker that's not trying to go to a finance internship in New York City instead of being a college kicker, but I digress. Um, so I do like this line, um, but I, I do think there's a world where Clemson kind of wakes up and reminds us what they at least think they are. But I, I do like this bet. Um, my final one, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit here in that I'm picking a Friday night game. So um, I'm going Utah plus three and a half on the road at Oregon state. And obviously Oregon state is coming off a, you know, a loss to Washington state, the pack two championship, if you will. Um, then they had been playing very well up to that point. Um, I, I do think that Washington state is just really good. And that's just how that played out for them. But, you know, Utah is just getting no respect at this point, And they still really even haven't gotten their quarterback bet. I'm not, I don't really know if rising Cameron rising is going to be back for this game, but Everybody just keeps sleeping on Utah. That defense is still really, really, really good. And, you know, I'll say this, or, you know, Oregon State wants to run the ball. And I think that does kind of play into what Utah wants because they know they can stop the run against pretty much anybody. And so if they can force the game, if they can essentially put the game back on DJU and say, hey, you've got to go win this game with your arm. I think we've, we, as ACC fans, kind of know what happens there when they when an opposing team try, forces Yuan Galile to win a game with his arm as opposed to his feet. So Utah plus three and a half. Okay. I'm going to stay in the ACC with my last one, and I'm going to go with Friday night. And I'm going to go with Louisville uh, covering against – they're three and a half point favorites against NC State in uh, Raleigh. And the reason I'm picking this, I look at the statistics. I look at what NC State did last week where they went wire to wire with UVA and and almost lost that game. I saw what Louisville can be. I look at – NC State's defense and it's it's not good. <laughs> uh, they are in points 100. Uh, they are allowing 21 and a half, uh, 21.8 per game. They're allowing 114 yards on the ground, 211 passing yards. Uh, the statistics numbers that on the site I'm looking at aren't very accurate, so I apologize. Uh, but they've they're letting 350 yards up on offense every week, and I I think Louisville is is much better, and and I didn't give them enough credit last week. Um, and I think they're better than NC state. Yeah. I still really don't. I think this, I don't even know if this will be the game where we really know what Louisville is because, you know, I think that they I'm not saying they got lucky, but they just hit on all their explosives against BC. Uh, you know, you get an extra touchdown. Thanks to a fake kneel down. Um, 
And obviously, again, BC is not a good team by any stretch of the imagination at this point. So, you know, I still don't really know where we are with Louisville. Um, NC State is, like you said, kind of a weird team by their standards. You know, they've obviously won most of their games, uh, but the offense isn't really clicking despite the reuniting of Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong. Uh, I think they just lost their leading running back. He like is no longer just no longer on the team or something. Um, and I think they also are banged up on defense. So I think this is going to be a very interesting game to watch and be very telling for just how the rest of the ACC season will develop. All right. That wraps things up. We'll um, be back on Sun um, Mon- Sunday night. We'll be recording on YouTube Monday morning. If you are on a podcast feed, uh, Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Uh, just posted my VIP preview of uh, the matchup report for this game. And then my three weekly preview with my uh, keys to victory uh, matchups and predictions will be out tomorrow on Friday the game and before we go i'll throw out one little nugget for this game look out for what is a play called dart read options for bc it's where you run a read option but the tackle that is to the same side of the back and shotgun that that tackle pulls to the other side of the offensive line so watch out for dart read option against uh virginia this saturday all right this is aj black follow me on twitter at aj black 247 and you can get my work at eagle insider we'll be back again later this weekend with more talk about this game with recaps and everything else that you need here on locked on bc your team every day for mitch this is aj we'll see you all again soon